Now, several times in the Bible, people are compared to trees. Jesus, most famously in John 15, says, I am the vine, you are the branches. We know that we're connected to Jesus in a tree-like sense. There's also this weird episode in Mark's gospel where Jesus spits on the ground, makes mud, and rubs the mud in a man's eyes, and then immediately the man can see, and you know what the blind man sees for the first time? He says, Lord, I see people like trees. It's a strange miracle. Sometimes people think Jesus screwed it up and got it wrong. Uh, maybe he, he underhealed them or something. You better put a little more mustard in that, Jesus. You know, I, I like to think that maybe Jesus accidentally overhealed him, and this guy got a, a window into how we're really wired. And I am being facetious. It's okay to giggle at that, yeah. But throughout the prophets, you see people being compared to trees. You see people being compared to trees in the Psalms, even in the epistles. That in some spiritual sense, you and me, we're, we're like trees. And so with that in mind, this morning I thought, well, if I'm a tree, I wonder what kind of tree I be. I mean, what kind of tree are you? It sounds like a, an aptitude exam for seminary. <laughs> what kind of tree? So, so sure enough, I found a quiz online that tells me what kind of tree I am. I took it. It was 29 questions. It took me longer than it should have to fill out this quiz. Uh, and I learned that I am the loblolly pine. That's right. If you're unfamiliar with the loblolly, let me fill in some of the gaps for you. The loblolly, Dave McDonald, is the most commercially important pine of the southeastern United States. You, Dave McDonald, are confident. <laughs> you are attractive. <laughs> and you appreciate luxury brands and designer clothing. <laughs> That's why I'm wearing my fun seersucker suit for you today. You are well-liked and held in high regard. And this, this was my wife's favorite. And you have lots of secret admirers waiting for a chance to meet you. <laughs> None of these things are true. <laughs> so if that's the kind of tree I am, what kind of, what kind of tree are you? What, really, more importantly, what is the Bible trying to illustrate by comparing people to trees? Well, going back to John 15, we read Jesus' words. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. All right, we got it. But if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Now here Jesus is keying us in to two important truths about our life as spiritual treeple. First, that our identity is connected to Jesus. That's it, man. Without him, we're nothing. We don't live, we don't thrive, we don't grow. It's about our connection to Jesus. We're his and he's ours. And not only is that important for our identity, it's also important for our purpose in life. Because when we're connected to him, we will bear much fruit. Man, you're here not to just be a tree, but to produce fruit. And if you're not connected to Jesus, you're not going to do much of anything. But when you're connected to Jesus, man, you're, you're going to produce fruit. And, of course, the chief fruit of the Christian life is love. we got a whole list of spiritual fruits, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. I start listing them all the time. Then I'm going to forget, I'm gonna forget one or make one up. You know, love, joy, peace, feats of strength, you know. But you, you know love 
is the chief fruit of the Christian life. And so as I was reflecting on this passage this week and thinking about our lives as, as trees, it reminded me of this passage in Jeremiah. And this is really where we're going to anchor our teaching tonight because it contrasts two very different kinds of people using this metaphor of the trees. Cursed is the man, says the prophet Jeremiah, who trusts in other men and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good coming. He will dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Now, we know that blessing means to amplify, to multiply, to increase, to bless, to, to, to grow, to prosper. So cursing, which is the opposite of blessing, means the opposite thing. Instead of amplifying, it, it diminishes, it divides, it cuts up, it withers, it dies, it scatters till you got nothing left. Cursed is the man who trusts in other men. I mean, right off the bat, we're told you're screwed if you put your faith simply and first in other people. If primarily and exclusively you're looking for other people to save you, to nourish you, to give you what you need to get through life, you're going to be disappointed because they cannot provide what only God can supply. That doesn't mean you don't need them. It just means if you're looking there first or only, you're going to be disappointed because people can't do for you what God can do for you. And not only that, but we're told that when, when you look to others, you will become weak. If you make their flesh your strength, your heart will turn away from God and you'll be like a shrub in the desert. That is about the worst, ugliest tree you could imagine. Shrubs have no roots. They're not connected to anything. They die super quick, super easy, all by their lonesome. It takes one strong gust of wind, the slightest little bit of instability, and that shrub turns into a tumbleweed. Man, if you're looking to other people first or foremost, you're not only weak, you're alone. You got no connection. You got no tether. You got nothing, man. And, and, and as that sense of isolation and weakness intensifies, you realize that you're blind, too. I mean, that's the strange sentence here, right? That he shall not see any good coming. You know why you don't have any vision for a healthy future when you're relying on other people? Because as soon as you're relying first on other people instead of first on God, you're totally limited to the realm of what's probable. You've taken miracles off the table and you are now limited. You're handicapped by what you can do and what they can do and what maybe the couple of you can do together. You've taken all the super out of the natural and you're a tumbleweed just waiting to get blown over. And that means you're going to end up lifeless with no zest, no passion, no power, no authority. That, that's, that's the cursed person who's like a shrub in the desert, weak, alone, blind, and lifeless. Now contrast the shrub in the desert with this person. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is placed in God. He's like a tree planted by the water that sends out by the streams and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green. It's not anxious in the time of drought, for it does not ever cease to bear fruit. Well, now, now we're talking, man. 
You got a shrub in the desert, weak, alone, disconnected, blind, lifeless, and you got a tree by a stream that's first and foremost refreshed. It's got a constant source of water, of nutrition, of life pouring into it because it, it's the life marked by connection with God. And I love this little marker here that says, you know, you're not going to be worried when all the, the, the rains come. I, you know, some people get absolutely drowned by life. They get capsized by it. But if you're connected to God while everybody else is drowning, somehow you're going to be okay. God's going to guide you and lead you and make sure that the thing that, that turns everybody else upside down is not going to be too much for you. He's going to lead you through it. You'll be refreshed. And like these healthy trees planted by streams, you're going to be connected because that's what trees do. They don't just go down deep with their roots. Their roots go wide so that those roots interconnect with the other trees. And here's the appropriate relationship we're meant to have with other people because you do need other people. You just can't replace God with other people. You just can't look to other people first, but you should look to other people also secondarily as a plus one or plus 50. And that healthy connection, man, that's the right relationship. You just got to make sure you have the big things in place first. This person does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green. It's not anxious in the year of drought. I don't know about you, but I've had some seasons of real drought in my life. And sometimes I have not been anxious. And other times, <laughs> yeah, those, those other times were not good. But you know that you're, you're connected in the right way. You're rooted in the right way. When everything goes to hell, and still you're confident, you're bold, because you know where your strength comes from. You know where your hope comes from. You know where your authority comes from. See, this is the person whose life is like a tree planted near a stream. They're refreshed. They're connected. They're bold. And most importantly, like we talked about with John 15, they're productive. I don't mean they're busy. I don't mean that they're industrious or really on top of their task list. I mean, their lives produce fruit. Their lives produce love. Love. And that's how people are supposed to know us, by our love for one another. That's the real Christian stuff, the love stuff. Not the duty stuff, not the obligation stuff. Love. You get around a Christian person, and you don't feel the love coming off of them. All of a sudden, you you feeling like maybe they're choosing a different religion than you are. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said? If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, I'm like somebody walking around smashing a gong, like a little kid playing with a hi-hat. I mean, no, thank you. But when you got love, all things are possible, man. That's what God wants for us, to have lives hallmarked by love, where this fruit is growing and growing and growing and ever-present. So there's really these two kinds of people, man. There's, there's a shrub in the desert or the, the tree by the stream. And we're, of course, meant to ask ourselves, which one are we? Are we the people who are barely rooted, wimpy, arid, lifeless, ready to get blown over at a moment's notice? Or are we the people who are rooted and planted and strong and connected, refreshed? Well, it's clear who we're supposed to be. But it might also be worth mentioning that uh, 
We should pay attention to the people we surround ourselves with. Because this isn't just about who we are. This is also about who we're keeping company with. And, you know, there's some people that are barely alive. There's some people that are sucking the life out of everybody around them. And then there's others that are living life to the full. There's others that sustain life for those around us. So not only do we want to be the life-sustaining kind of people, we want to be cautious about who we're getting around and where they're taking us. Because make no mistake, man, if you pick a shrub and you put the shrub next to the stream, it's still going to be a shrub. It's still going to die. It's still going to be weak. It's still going to have shallow roots. This isn't just about who you are. It's also about what you are and where you're rooted. And so, like, let's say, hypothetically, you're a, a single lady looking for love. You don't want no shrub. You need to find yourself somebody who's connected, refreshed, somebody who knows where the source of life is and can keep it growing and going. Now, always when I say something like that, you, you, there's a little alarm bell that should go off in your mind. Well, hey, Dave, hang on. I thought Jesus told us that we should look after people who are Yeah, you should. We, we should look after people who are less fortunate. Well, how, how can I look after people who are less fortunate while not accidentally getting a shrub in my life? I mean, just help me figure all that out. Hey, man, I'll tell you the truth. When you look after other people, it's exhausting. It's rewarding, but it's exhausting. And if you're not wise, if you're not judicious, if all you do is just surround yourself with needy, shrubby people, life's going to get a lot harder for you. It's going to get a lot harder for you. Now, if you've got some healthy relationships, you've got some, some stream treeple, well, you can still do a lot of good, man, because you've got some way to retreat. You've got some way to gather your strength. You've got a support network. You've got, you got some, some people to help you. What's the right ratio of projects to friends? That's totally the wrong way to look at it, man. You can't, you can't either or. There's no golden ratio for how many people you got to help. Here's the truth. You got to just pray your guts out and do your best. Um, and don't marry a shrub. Because you can't fix other people. You can't fix other people. You can barely fix yourself, and you only do that by the power of God's Holy Spirit. So now, you got people who are shrubs in the desert, people who are trees by the stream, and in both cases... We got to be careful that we don't get distracted by what kind of tree we're talking about. I mean, let's not stretch the metaphor too far because this isn't even really about whether or not you're a tree or a shrub. This is about whether or not you're producing fruit. Fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit, first and foremost, is love. Now, you know that if you got a fruit tree in your yard, that the fruit doesn't stay good forever, right? When fruit comes in season, now, if you, don't, if you don't grab hold of that fruit when it's ripe, it'll spoil. So think about that. I mean, metaphorically, tease that out. Because there's different loves in your life. I mean, you got, you got for example, you got a love for God. When you first start falling in love with God, when you first start following Jesus, man, that, that fruit feels so ripe. Oh, man, it's exciting. It's energetic. You, you want to taste it. You want to experience every good thing. But after a while, man, if you don't, if you don't take care, if you don't prune, if you don't water, 
man, that old fruit is just, it starts to get a little mushy. I mean, if you're trading on yesterday's miracles, last week's church service, the experience you had at youth camp 72 years ago when you were 50. I mean, if, you're, if you keep going back and back and back to that old stuff, man, that fruit isn't any good. You got to keep, you got to stay healthy so that new fruit grows, so that you have new experiences and new expressions in your love for God, and not just love for God. I mean, first him, but the Bible tells us there's four primary relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, that's next. You've got to have a ripening, healthy love for who you are as a child made in the image and likeness of your creator. You can't just rely on the old Sunday school stuff. You can't just rely on what you first learned about being made as a new creation in Christ's image. Man, you, you, got, you got to have fresh fruit. And the only way you're going to get that is by staying anchored and rooted in God's word and God's spirit, by reminding yourself who you are and whose you are. Jesus told us, love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're going to love anybody else, you've got to be able to love yourself first. Otherwise, with the same crappy love you got for you, you're going to just spread around to everybody. You're going to be making dirty jam. Ain't nobody want that. But that's the third set of relationships, our love for other people. You know, it's really easy to love other people when you're full of zest, when you're full of newfound passion for Christ. But again, if you're trading on those old loves, those old experiences, it's going to be really hard to overlook people's idiosyncrasies, their picadillos, their smelly armpits, and all the rest of it, man. You've got to keep producing fruit in season, in every season, because that's why we're told we've got to stay connected to Christ. We're here to be fruitful produce fruit for God and ourselves, others, and the world. And the only way we do that is if we stay, remain connected to God. Because that's who you are. That's why you're here. That's what it means to be a spiritual tree. That's what it means to be somebody connected to the vine. That's what it means to have our identity rooted in Christ and our purpose pouring out in acts of love and service. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for all the neat ways that your scripture interlaces, entwines, overlaps, highlights, reflects back on itself. Because again and again and again, a myriad of ways you are showing us and demonstrating to us what it means to be people hallmarked by love. And that's what we want. We want to be great lovers. We want to be great family members. We want to be great community. We want to be a church filled and saturated with love, producing genuine fruit because we are connected to you. So help us with that, Lord. Help us be changed and challenged by your spirit and for the good of your world. Amen.